the Navy famously has a challenge keeping its ships ship-shape and ready. Bolted to naval ships, though, are the weapon systems that support a ship's purpose. Naval Supply Systems Command has a special unit for that called Weapons Systems Support. At the Sea Air Space Conference this week, I caught up with the Weapons Systems Support Commander, Rear Admiral Kenneth Epps. So we are an S-3 command under the Naval Supply Systems Command, and our role is to provide program and supply support to all of our warfighting domains. Think aircraft, submarines, ships. Uh, We also do significant work for all of our allies and partners as well. And really in lay speak, our role is to be the end-to-end supply chain integrators for the Navy to ensure that we are maximizing lethality to our warfighters through the supply chain. My command is responsible uh, to the Department of the Navy in that regard. Now, having visited Dahlgren, I've seen the testing going on of the naval guns centers, and so yes. forth and right. watched those things plunk down the river. Right. But, you know, Navy ships are deployed far away. Right. And the weapons systems specifically aboard, those are treated separately for purposes of program from, say, propulsion and right. logistics and other supply types right. of support. Right. Yes. Yes. What are some of the challenges of keeping those weapons going when they're thousands of miles away? I mean, the challenges are endless, right? I think the most important thing that we do is to ensure that all of our weapon systems uh, have the endurance they need to be able to sustain in any kind of conflict that we get into. So there's some very complex algorithms that go into that. We can do that principally from the shore to support all of our forces that are at sea, uh, under the waters and, and in the air. Uh, so it's easy for us to do that, but it's a very difficult and challenging supply chain that we have to manage that is truly global. Uh, and as you know, in the Navy, the uh, key uh, battle unit is the carrier strike group and the amphibious readiness group. And so our ability to support them uh, from our command in Pennsylvania is something we've been doing for many, many, many years. Uh, it's challenging, but one that we have uh, fairly mastered pretty well. And I imagine that a lot of repair and maintenance has to happen aboard, that is to say. But is there ever a case where they sort of call you like you would call AAA when you can't change the tire yourself? There are ways of doing that. You know, we typically are going to have two ways of repairing stuff. So we have Navy organic capacity, Marine Corps capacity, who can repair it. So think Marines and and sailors who do this work. And then we are in significant partnership with our commercial uh, entities. So think of all of our OEMs, our original equipment manufacturers, uh, who build the planes, the ships, the submarines, uh, and we that partnership with them allows us that in an emergency when 911 is do- dialed, we have the capacity to help out. You could get there. With- we, can, we can get there. We can get the thing there. Uh, in the worst case scenario, we can get a human there if we need to, but typically we can get the thing the there. The thing there. Yes. And these weapon systems are pretty complex. They're really subsystems. They are systems of systems in and of themselves uh, uh, yes. mounted on something that yes. you know takes them to the battle. Right. And question is, how is the supply base looking? 
because there's probably a hundred suppliers or a yes. thousand suppliers that yes. make up something that rotates and goes boom. Yeah, so we have thousands of individual suppliers, but as you and, and you well know, the industry has really consolidated over the last many, many years. So we have, in, in, in many ways, we are sole source or single source on a majority of the product lines that we manage. So in that way, it's less challenging because we have a certain number of players that we know to deal with. Uh, the challenge becomes, as the, the forces of economics move about, being able to keep industry at pace with our warfighting needs and making sure that sustainment is always a top priority for them. Oftentimes, uh, our manufacturers will build a new thing, we'll send it out, and then sustainment previously has often sometimes been not of primacy and what we've what we've learned recently is that's you know 95 percent of the life of any ship or aircraft or submarine is in a sustainment uh, angle so what sure. do we do to support that that's where my team and the program offices come in and say you're talking about a gun that might be on a airplane right. or a cannon type of thing that might be on a ship right. what is the relationship of the actual ordnance to the system, because if the ordinance changes, right. does the system have to change, right. and vice versa? Right. Is that all under weapon system support? So that is not the the moniker of weapon. Don't associate that with ordinance. We do uh, manage ordinance in Naval Supply Systems Command. Right. My parent command has that an organization that does ammunition, uh, but within my specific entity, when we say weapon system support, we mean the actual ship aircraft, submarine, and the attendant systems that are on board those platforms. That's the weapon, not the, the bullet. No, understood. But if, say, there's a metallurgical change sure. in the bullet, so to sure. speak, or they have a different firing compound at the end, right. that might affect the delivery system. So you have to talk to each other, right? It could, yes. We do have to talk to each other, and that's it's a very complex web of support uh, between the fleet, uh, the folks uh, in, the, in the hardware systems commands who manage that, uh, and then the role that we play as well. And a given system has a long life. Because yes. Because a ship has a long life. Yes. And so is there a mechanism to feedback for kind of continuous improvement between what you're experiencing during tests or trials at sea or, you know, God forbid, actual combat, and back to that supplier as to what happened and yes. what they can do to make it better. Yes. So, I mean, um, there is a continuous feedback loop. It is an eternal, uh, it never stops. The feedback loop changes because, remember, the thing that was built 20 years ago has been modernized and updated over a subsequent number of years. So as the, let's say the ship, as an example, has modernized, the things that have been put on there have changed. And so that's, in some ways, a very different ship than we bought 20 years ago. So there's a continuous feedback loop into the support mechanisms, my team at Naval Supply Systems Command Weapon System Support, the program office, and in conjunction, we do all the things necessary to update the support and to make sure it gets back to the ship so that they are ready to do what they have to do. And during development of, say, a future new system, where it's, there's nothing yet to support, right. what's your involvement then? So we are critical to that. So we are a cradle-to-grave sustainment enabler for all weapon systems. Uh, you look at some of the new unmanned aircraft that are coming out uh, as an example, and my team is there with the program offices 
discerning what the requirement is for this new weapon system and then, and then determining with the uh, manufacturer of the platform what needs to be bought in initially and then what kind of support they would need over the 20, 30, 40 year lifespan to ensure that the resources that are required to properly sustain that weapon system are available initially so that we can do our job and, and sustain it for its lifetime. And the operation of these systems is down to the sailor. Yes. And it could be someone that is not high rank. Right. And so you must have a mechanism for, hey, what's it like when you actually use this thing? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the rank in this way is, is really immaterial. You know, our, the, uh, the center of our universe is our sailors. Uh, you know, in the sustainment world, I say the mechanics are, are the, really the center of our universe. And so the person who is turning the wrench, who is operating that equipment, knows better than any PhD who probably designed it and certainly knows better than my team who are away from it and know that in the abstract, what we have to do to support it, we can do. But really, those sailors, wonderful men and women, wonderfully talented, wonderfully trained, they are, they are really that first step to allowing us to know exactly if that thing is operating as it's supposed to. And being based in Pennsylvania, Mechanicsburg. Uh, uh, my headquarters is in uh, Philadelphia, but I have an office in Mechanicsburg in Norfolk and then NAF Proper's in Mechanicsburg. And do you ever get out of Mechanicsburg, out of Philadelphia, and maybe land on deck and say, how's it going? Uh, I, so I spend, as the commander of NAFSUP WSS, I spend probably a majority of my time traveling, seeing key partners, both on the commercial side, uh, and then going out to see the fleet commanders. So yes, I, I, I am constantly doing pulse checks to ensure that what we think we're providing and what we're delivering to that sailor I talked about, that those two, there's no gap between them. You got to make sure the paint holds up in salty and the, air. And the paint holds up too. That's super important. Navy Rear Admiral Kenneth Epps, commander of the Weapon System Support Command, part of the Naval System Supply Command. We spoke at this year's Sea Air Space Conference in Maryland. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Sail with the Federal Drive wherever you get your podcasts.